Welcome to the Roundtable. I am Jennifer Eller, and with me today is my co-host, Mike Hill, and our producer, Nick Wilson. Say hi, Nick. Yay, for Nick Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today is Melissa Hainline. Hey, Welcome, Melissa. Hey, you want to know the power of influence? So you know how many You people... already shanghaied me, dude. No, wait, hold on. I got to say this before <laughs> I forget. No, listen. Okay. Before, I, before we get into this. So you know how, like, you ask everybody, because this goes into what you're doing to do. Like, ask everybody, like, what they're watching. And what I was going to start out with something different, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, Is this how it, it goes? Go no. ahead. <laughs> No, everybody was saying Suits, so last oh. night I watched the first episode of Suits. I haven't even, I've only started like an episode. It was actually four. really good. Like, I was super surprised. Like, it is the most watched TV show on Netflix. Yeah, I, yeah, the power of influence. Well, you've been asking all these people, and there's been tons of people that said that's one of the well, things they binge watch. So I'm like, we got home late last night, and I'm like. Yeah, the problem was it's an hour know. and 20 minutes an episode. Yeah. I don't even know what like, show that at is. At least maybe that was just the first episode. I think that was the first one. Because and I'm not. sitting here looking like, okay, bedtime. <laughs> 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 I try to keep a pretty strict bedtime and that, that's over. So yeah, I'm sorry yeah, I yeah. shanghaied it. I just my, had to say. Yeah, my son wanted me to watch Yellowstone with him. And I'd heard about it, but I didn't even, I knew Kevin Costner was in it. That was enough for me to at least give it a swing. And a couple episodes in, I said, this show sucks. Ah. You write in, and I have to worry. I, now I'm worried about the Duttons every day. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. So you ended up liking it. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't leave it alone. Oh, no. uh, and he, was, he says, now, you know, don't watch it when I'm not home. I said, oh, for heaven's sakes, don't worry. I didn't even worry about television. And he, he came home the other day. And I said, well, you know, if you want to turn it on, I'd watch it. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So did you like Rip? Oh, I, I I love the way that he developed over the course of time. Yeah. But Beth is so unrealistic. You cannot be that big a monster and then get a romantic guy like Ribbon. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, she is every ne negative stereotype with every girl fantasy all rolled up into one. It just doesn't work. She walked in in the light-colored shirt with the darker bra kind of thing, and I said, she's she's a monster, right? We're not supposed to like her. My, my, I said, oh, trust me, that, that subliminal. Yep, I know, I know what she's going to be like. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got another Yellowstone fan. You ended up watching it all the way through, didn't you? Uh, I haven't seen all of it, but I saw a lot of it. There's okay. a couple seasons I haven't seen in You just haven't petered out or what? <laughs> Okay, my husband goes on binges and he just starts watching it. And then oh. I got mad at one time. I'm like, so, okay, well, I guess I'm just done with that because you can't wait for me. So, <laughs> Oh, you mean he gets ahead? Oh, because he gets he can't sleep sometimes. So he gets up at 4 oh. o'clock in the morning and he's watching all these shows. And then, I mean, I'm like three hours behind him, maybe at 7 on the weekends or so, you know. And so he's been all yeah, this time watching TV. Yeah, I never get it. Eric so. sends me stuff all the time from social media. Don't say all the time. Yeah, a lot. I know, yeah. So he sent me this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thing. I mean, it was powerful. And I'm like, how do you find all of this stuff? And his answer was, Siri listens to me. Because <laughs> yeah. it just pops up. So, I, I mean, he's, I guess it just pops into your feed if you talk about things. He, he's on yeah. Instagram a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he fills me up with a lot of stuff that I yeah, don't so ever listen to. That watch. was his answer. Yeah. He's like, Siri listens to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah, so, to interrupt. 
Take two. Take two. Okay, so Melissa. (laughs) No, so I, you know, you were just so fun to have conversations with that the conversations we have had. And so I just kind of want to know, what is the craziest thing you have ever done in your life? Oh. Oh, mercy. I did not know Because you are a good storyteller, and so I cannot wait to hear this. Well, probably my favorite thing to do is there is a song by Carmen called Holdin' On. And he and a girl... Carmen, uh, I don't know. He, he would, oh, you don't know Carmen? Oh, I'll fix he that. He was actually going to be in concert here. And then oh, he the died. guy that died? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not well, laughing at him he, dying. He said, I'm just like, life church has a concert and the guy and dies. <laughs> he is simply living Sorry, somewhere else. Sorry, Carmen. I didn't mean it again. He's going to enjoy singing backup for me when I get there. It's going to be great. Okay, Anyhow, sorry, Carmen. he has this absolutely, he, he could have been a lounge singer. Uh, but I got a, whole, a lounge singer. He just can do all different types of music. He's, he, he was just amazing. What's a lounge singer? <laughs> I'm like, seriously, like, like, like the oh, 70s you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of this like seedy like, place where everybody's smoking. And that guy's up there with his hair greased back, that yep, lounge okay, singer. Yep. So you, you, you see you, Carmen <laughs> in the lounge. No, I'm saying that he could have been oh, had God okay. not redeemed him. He has all the qualities and the talents that are needed to be able to do that well. Okay. Uh, anyhow, uh, we were at the church that I was in. I had a situation where the pastor left and a new pastor was supposed to be there Sunday night. And he was late, some kind of travel issue. And, but everybody showed up to meet the new pastor who wasn't there yet. And so the oldest person in the thing was in charge and so he says oh melissa will come up here and sing something oh so and so is going to share a scripture he just kind of put it together and it was so much fun we enjoyed it so much that they uh, started doing uh, every uh, every month that had a fifth sunday sunday evening was just a hodgepodge bringing whatever you want oh it was so much fun Uh, my oldest son was learning to play the tuba and so he played twinkle twinkle little star but it was an ode to the three wise men in church yes it was the kind of stuff that wouldn't fit on a sunday morning Uh, uh, one girl who was really good at gymnastics she would do she did this whole little routine to um, uh, stephen curtis chapman's the dance just really fun stuff but uh, one of the nights that they were doing that i dressed up half and half i i put a skirt on and folded it so that I was a a female on this side and male on this side because I dressed up for Carmen as Carmen before for a youth group thing. And so I thought this would be fun. And so I, I, you know, the makeup down because all my hair was on one side. And so uh, I went up and I would turn to this side while I was doing the female lip sync. And then I would turn to this side when it was, it was so much fun. And, uh, so I <laughs> ever think of these things? Like what? Oh, oh. What is going on in your? <laughs> you said the craziest up. thing. No, I'm trying I know. To I'm just thinking. It. Wow. Like, yeah. how do you come up with all, that? All of this is just the build-up for it. <laughs> so I I pulled that off, and it was just so much fun. Uh, I I had a hat that kind of split down, and I put a sign on it, and it said "Hold it on." So I would bend down and point to it when I was the uh, chorus where they were both singing, because of course I didn't know what to do with that, but. Uh, People heard about it, and then there was a command performance when the the new pastor actually got there kind of thing. They wanted me to do it again. I thought, yeah, okay, let's introduce him to that end of the spectrum. And uh, so I had my uh, son and daughter went up there, and they said, my mom and my mom together again. And I did it again. (laughs) That's funny. So do you dress up for Halloween? 
Oh, I had a whole room when I lived as a single woman. Uh, we would dress up for uh, work you had things. had a whole room of... Of costume type stuff. I, yeah. Uh... You know what I'm picturing? I'm... <laughs> Have you ever seen those shows, like when people like really get into things, and then you walk in and it's like a shrine to it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just walk in and like they love Freddy Krueger, yeah. you know. And so there's all of the Freddy. I'm thinking like you'd walk into your house. Yeah. What would your shrine look like? Okay. Well, see, like what's I, your costume it, stuff in there? It, it wouldn't be stuff like that. Oh, okay. uh, if there's a shrine in my house, it's my yarn. Your who? <laughs> my yarn. Oh, I love it. my yarn. I love to knit. Oh, and but. I would just kind of collect things as okay. they came along. Oh, and uh, if I'd see something, I would find- You collect costumes. Well, not so much costumes oh. as just different pieces of uh, attire. And then I would think, oh, that would work for this. Uh, when I was in college, I didn't go to college until I was in my 30s. And uh, you get a little- badge that is your ticket for everything you can mm. put money on for the copier it gets you in and out of sporting events it's your library card everything oh, i lost the cussed thing mm. and so i went to them and paid the 20 dollars to get a new one well as soon as i got the new one of course i found the old one and they had misprinted the new one and it didn't have the barcode it didn't have the magic in mm -hmm. it and so i took it back and i said well i want my money back well we can't give you your money back but we can reprint it and so I waited until it was Halloween and I dressed up as Peg Bundy and I got my picture taken <laughs> that day. <laughs> I still good. have it. It was fun. But uh, yeah, so Peggy Bundy. Yeah, Peg, <laughs> and, and you don't have to do, you can find Peg Bundy stuff at Goodwill anytime. What is your craziest thing that you've ever dressed up like? Oh, I haven't dressed up since I was like a kid. You never did anything when you were in high school? I don't remember that. Jennifer, do you need some sort of memory pill? <laughs> I, yes, <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, you got to remember I something. We did do a costume party here. I don't think we'll I did. We'll catch you back up. I dressed up like a woman, and I was a good-looking woman. <laughs> I'm you mean, didn't have your beard. Good, huh? You didn't have your beard, oh, no, I presume. I couldn't grow a beard in high school. But, like, man, they had makeup on me. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, uh, when we did the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s during customer service week at the job I was at, uh, on when everybody else was doing the 70s and, you know, tie-dyed and mm -hmm. hippie and everything, I dressed up as a librarian with the great big beehive hairdo oh, wow. and everything. Oh I crocheted uh, things to hang on my glasses. Yeah. And it was really fun. But uh, my grandson at the time, he he's 14 now, so he was, what, two or three, then he could see right past the costume. And he just mm, knew that was grandma. It. Well, uh, I'd gotten ready and all dialed, you know, all duded up to go to work. And I just lived down the street, you know, so mm -hmm. it didn't take me long to get there. Well, it was garbage day and the trucks were coming and he loved to watch the truck. Yeah. And I do the noise and everything. Well, he watched them one way and then they were coming down the other way. So I scooped him up and went outside, you know, so he could see. And the guys are looking at me really weird. And I'm thinking, what's the matter with you? Never saw a kid. Oh, it's me. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. That's funny. But, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. There's, there's Nick, you never said. What did you dress up like? I interrupted you. Right on. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> no, I did. Eric and I and my sister dressed up because I remember when you said unrecognizable. Uh -huh. So you always think you're not going to be, but we dressed like up as old people and we had um, 
pantyhose over our heads and went to my grandparents' house. <laughs> were you were a bank robber? I mean, old people don't put pantyhose on their head. I mean, uh, oh, just up like an old person, old bank robber. <laughs> I don't know why we did yeah. Either way, yeah. Well, you know, you're standing there, and they're so kind. They were so kind. They were like, are you so-and-so? Are you so-and-so? You know, you look at the picture, you know exactly who it is. Mm. But that made me think. So that was probably the last time. Well, okay. no, yeah. when Trevor was... Um, a baby, Eric and I were NK salespeople because we had you were like who NK salespeople because oh, that's what we worked toward, Trevor. But yeah, so that's like the last time it, it stresses me out trying to find all that stuff to do Halloween to dress up like that. All the stuff that it takes to pull off an outfit, I'm like, I don't have time for yeah, for that my memory well, can't. Well, everyone's you, you go through seasons where yeah. you've got time yeah. and when you don't. Yeah. Uh, the, the joke was on me one day, we had this uh, two day kind of festival thing, and it was all New York themed. And so I came in, I had uh, the uh, a friend of mine had a yellow shirt with like the checkered collar uh -huh. kind of thing. And so I rolled up an old uh, toilet paper tube and stuck black plastic in it so it looked like a cigar. And oh I gosh. I walked in and I said, hey, anybody ask for a yellow cab? <laughs> and everybody's just howling with laughter. And I'm thinking, yes, yeah. I nailed it. Dress up day was the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went, you did it so, on the wrong day. Yeah. And so then the next day, of course, I can't come in as Mr. Yellow Cab yeah. again. And so I got a Guitar Hero box and put a bunch of change in it and put on a stocking cap and drew on a five o'clock shadow and went as between gigs rock star. Oh my God. Well, somebody took a picture of it and I showed it to my son because it, it looked like him. Yeah. Everybody thought it, I would show them. And he said, I spent 25 years thinking I look like my dad. Oh. I was wrong. I <laughs> Yeah, maybe that That's would be a, a thing that we need to do as a staff, or maybe a Sunday morning. Come dress like who you want to be, not who you are. Oh, I'm down. Oh my, yeah. Like who you want? I'm for sure. I'm getting my cowboy hat. That's, I just try to look for excuses I can wear the stuff I want to wear. <laughs> so oh. I come up with Sunday things that are like, hey, what? If Train could, station Mike is coming could, out. If you could dress like up like anybody or anything, would you change? Like, would you want to, like... Hmm. You know, my favorite movie was Pretty Woman, so I think if I could have all the jewels and the pretty dresses and just... Dude, like, what's her name? Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Okay, so you'd come like her. Not really like her, but... Kind of like that. Kind of, maybe. Nick? Or I could be Mike Ditka. Who? Maybe a guy from Oh, yeah. Okay, I gotta you would get all job. fancy? Oh, yeah. Yes, that would be fun. Get old Nick all fancied up. Yeah. What would be fun is to see Nick on Sunday morning, the shoeless wonder, in a suit, right? So he's up there playing, and he's got no shoes on with his little fancy suit. Okay. That yeah. needs to happen next time. Are you up again soon? Uh, I think I'm up in a couple weeks. Yes. Okay. okay. I'm thinking it will be really fun if everybody puts on a beard and a sleeveless plaid shirt, and we all come as Mike Hill. <laughs> I yeah. wish that I could wear my sleeveless shirt. What? That was not me. That well, was not I me. have to tell you, it that ministered was... grace to me because <laughs> I, I, I was what you would call church damaged. Uh, I mm -hmm. was raised Catholic. That's a whole thing by itself. And then uh, was thrown into the Baptist end of the pool and nobody warned me. That was interesting. But uh, then things fell apart, and the enemy loves drama, mm -hmm. and he managed to stir up a lot of it. 
And so I was just out of it. I love Jesus. It was his fan club. I couldn't stand. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker like that once of that. Yeah, I thought that's me. Yeah. But uh, there was a measure of realness to the way that you approached everything mm. that you did that just was mm. a breath of fresh air to me. And uh, when you showed up in equal parts, Grizzly Adams and Larry the Cable Guy, I thought, oh, yes. Yes. And, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I would play a game that I called evens or odds, uh, how many times you would say, holy crap, <laughs> oh, yeah, during no, your I, sermon. Yeah, I yeah, say enough of the wrong yeah. things sometimes. Well, uh, just this last week, you said something and I thought, oh, that's my pastor. <laughs> yes, I love him. Yeah, thank well, you. Uh, there was a church nearby uh, where I lived, and it said, give God your Sunday best. Mm. And I thought, and show him your Wednesday worst. Mm. Mm -hmm. He knows it anyway. Yeah. He knows it. Stop posing. Yeah. Stop posing. No, I'm a, mm -hmm. I am with you that the turnoff of the unchurched mm -hmm. to the church is a lack of authenticity. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. I think as people come, I mean, I think they're looking for authentic people. Yeah. Whether it's people that are serving in the church or people that are in the church or people that are preaching from the front. They just want to come where everybody's yeah. just like, it's not a polished mm -hmm. version of anything. Yeah. It's just, well, here's who we are. Here's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's that nice middle ground between uh, polish it up and never let anybody see the underbelly mm -hmm. of what's going on and be celebrating the sin. No, yeah, well, sure. this, this is just how God no, made me. No, No. Uh, there's there's stuff you have to work on, and when you do a fleshly thing, you should be the first person to say, "Whoop, that was me." Yeah. Uh, you know. But that's what I think is authenticity. Mm -hmm. I don't think authenticity is living in sin or living polished. I think authenticity is recognizing you make a mistake. Yeah. Well, you and know, that or can he, make mistakes. That we have this treasure in earthen pots. Yeah. You know, the, the, the earthen pot's not the highlight of that verse. It's the treasure right. that's, that shows from, from outside. I am a cracked pot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he uses me. Yeah. Yeah. So we covered crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of yeah. went in all areas. You might as well just jump in. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I guess, better... I guess tell, just, yeah, tell us your story. What, I mean, you have some stuff you want to talk about. So, you know, when did you... Yeah, what did your childhood look like? When did you find Jesus? We're just going to kind of... Do you have an outline that you want to follow? Well, I, uh, when you had a few weeks ago, you had somebody on the podcast that was just kind of sharing what mm -hmm. was gone. And the tagline of taking your next steps toward Jesus together, I thought, how many of those mm. have I done here? And uh, so I'll yeah, kind no, of I'd... revamp the, mm. the, the salvation story. I'm the second of 10 children so far. We just say that so far thing to make people's faces do that. <laughs> uh, I became a mother uh, six days before my mother had my ninth sibling. Mm. So I uh, was a teenage mother. I uh, was not a planned pregnancy. And I finally got my, uh, my nerve up to tell my parents that I was expecting when they announced that they were. And I thought, oh, <laughs> bad wow. day. I'll I, mean, I didn't want to laugh. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> nobody, could, nobody could make that up. You know, yeah. like, oh, wow. oh, I would write my life story, but they'd put it on the fiction shelf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I thought, ah, it'll still be news later. Um, so is this somebody you were in relation? Like, it's somebody that you were dating at the time? Oh, it, it was lost puppy syndrome. Okay. He, uh, uh, he, I wanted to go to a concert. He was able to drive. I had extra money. So I we didn't know until after okay. we were dating that uh, I'd purchased his ticket. And uh 
that was on a Saturday night, and I, I needed a friend with me that would say, yeah, that's a bad idea, but nobody was there. Okay. And so then I saw him on Monday morning, and I thought, really? Mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I, uh, there are people who have good fathers who love their kids and are kind, and I had the other one. Mm. Uh, we were farmhands. Uh, we were in the way. Uh, my father would line us up when we would go to uh, all-you-could-eat restaurants, which is the only ones we ever saw because there were so many of us, and would have us uh, uh, remember what age we were so you wouldn't have to charge any more, you know, wouldn't have to pay any more than uh, what was appropriate. I've been this tall since fifth grade, and it was like he was angry at me mm. for for being... Yeah, Every, so you couldn't lie about your age. Yeah, yeah, everything that was what God made me, he would view yeah. as a detriment. Uh, one of the things that I prayed for before I came here is that I would tell my story and not throw other humans under the bus. Sure. But there are some things that, you know, if you did it, you have to own it. Uh, in front of a bunch of his friends at an auction, I finally got picked to go somewhere with him, and I felt so special, and this is mm. going to be so great. And in front of them, he said that my bra would fit me better backward. Mm. Like I think I, I think I was fourteen. Wow. Yeah, uh, ha ha ha. Wasn't you know real knee slapper. Uh, even into my adult life, I uh, was driving somewhere far too fast. Uh, my driver's training was that was go, that was whoa figured out because mm -hmm. he'd already paid for driver's training mm -hmm. for my older sister, and he wasn't going to do that again. Uh, but I I I just kind of figured it out, and I was driving too fast, and I hit uh, gravel on the side of the road, and just you know. I remember the the thing hitting uh, the the roof of the car hitting the ground three or four times, uh, and I landed right side up. I was happy about that. Um, <clears throat> I saw a woman running down the hill toward me, and she didn't have wings. And I thought that was probably a good idea. Mm. <laughs> and I, I say I walked away from the accident about four steps, and then I fell down. I couldn't have told you what my name was. Mm. I mean, I was just so shaken up. And she said, do you smoke? I smoke. We should smoke. Everybody oh. smoke. Oh and she was, <laughs> she was lighting them up two at a time and hand oh them out. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, um, I called my parents to come get me because the car was obviously not drivable. Um, and my mother picked me up to, drink, to bring me to the house, and my dad was supposed to take me to uh, my husband and, and children's home uh, where they were waiting for me. But he had to stop somewhere first, and he had to jawbone with somebody forever. And I was, just, I was so sore, and I had glass embedded in the side of my tongue. I was just so miserable. And I just wanted to get home, and uh, I heard him say, you know, well, we need to wrap this up. I've got, and I thought he's going to say I've had a daughter who, you know, had an accident. He said, I got a pig at home that's in a bad way. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, so, that, so, can I just like... Sure. So, are the... Do you think part of the struggle, like, with... Because you said that, you know, you got pregnant when you were a teenager, mm -hmm. right? And so, is part of that struggle <laughs> of figuring out with men at that time come from not having a oh, father? Sure. Yeah, do you sure. feel like that's a part of the... Well, I can see it in retrospect, but of course I couldn't see it then. No, for sure. I, just I mean, now when you're looking place. back, do you yeah. think that's part of the struggle? Because, you know, yeah. we're always mm -hmm. saying, like, Dad, you need to be 
involved you need to like with yeah. your daughters especially because yeah. it is such a huge thing on who they pick what they look for how what's an expected out of a man yeah. type of a thing so well if you've seen the movie war room Oh, mm -hmm. there's a scene. Oh, no, no, no. I take it back. The other Kendrick movie, uh, Courageous. Mm -hmm. There's a part where the uh, one officer takes his daughter out for dinner and gives her a ring. Mm -hmm. And she is staring at it with her little feet up in the air. Mm -hmm. And no boy, no boy is going to be able to give her some trinket and, yeah. and walk mm -hmm. her away from that. Because she knows not just that her dad values her but that he values her and he wants to be involved right in the choices that she's make i had neither of those right yeah so right. did your dad do you assume you have other sisters <clears throat> did he treat all of you the same way did he treat your brothers that way no uh he worked my brothers nearly into the ground mm -hmm. uh to the point where he actually even apologized for mm -hmm. that as uh when they got to be adults uh <clears throat> he he and my mother had an odd relationship. I looked very much like my mother. I think mm. he just didn't like me. Mm. So we no. didn't treat your other sisters that way. No. Uh, from what I what I have gathered from them, uh, they had a much different relationship mm. with him than than I did. When I finally mm. did tell them that I was expecting, my mother said, "You're going to have to tell your father." Mm. And I thought, "Well, no, I don't want to do that at all." Right. <laughs> right. And. Uh, but I, I didn't get a choice, and so I walked in, and I explained to him that I wasn't going to be going to college right away. I was going to have a baby instead. And he said, well, I'm not going to tell you that your mother and I are disappointed in you. I think you know that already. And I didn't hear anything else wow. for a while, and I thought, you're disappointed in me, are you? Hmm. And so at this point, you get married? Don't yep. get, okay. Well, uh, they were expecting my ninth sibling, right? Uh, and... My hope was I, I was the first person that this young man had ever been with. And right. so I thought maybe it'd be special. And it wasn't. Right. <laughs> we managed uh, we managed to be married for 13 years, okay. uh, produced three children. Mm. Uh, if if there was a marriage book on the planet, I read it. Mm. Uh, uh, this this you know, this is so me. But uh, we got married and I was just determined we were going to have something good. Mm -hmm. I was going to make it happen. Right. Uh, Lots of times I hear people say that women are controlling, and I don't believe that's the case at all. I think we just do not like what it feels like when life is out of control. Mm. We don't need to be in control. We need somebody to do it, and if nobody else will, well, then we'll step in. Mm. Well, uh, it was our first anniversary. Uh, it, was <laughs> it was a Sunday morning, and we had this cute little baby, and I wanted to go to church, and that sorry son of a gun would not get up. And so I cussed him up one side, down the other. I kicked the bed. I Oh, I just <laughs> threw a hairy, livid fit, and then I went to church. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, had, I had gone forward at, ch at church a few weeks prior to that, but there was no emotion. There was no change because I wasn't repenting of anything. I was just joining a club. I just wanted to belong to something. Well, that these crazy people wanted to take you out to the river and dunk you in mm. full view of the highway. And I thought, I don't, you know, I don't need anything yeah. to do with anything that. But I went to the service that morning and just wrestled with God. And as clearly as I've ever heard him say anything, he'd say, if I asked you to do something big, you'd be there with bells on. Why won't you do this? Mm. And I thought, OK. And the, the kind of church that I was a part of was just 
off the wall, zany, Pentecostal, wonderful people. Uh, and I stood up in the middle of it and I said, I need to be baptized. And he says, girl, what you think we've been waiting for? And they closed up shop and off we went. So picture this from my brand new 19 year old husband's perspective, this screaming banshee left that morning with his kid. He doesn't know if I'm coming home. He doesn't know if I'm coming home with a weapon. Uh, and I come home soaked to the gills, just full of joy, thinking, mm -hmm. I, I get it now. Mm -hmm. I get it now. I understand. I belong yeah. to somebody. And, uh, and was I, he super excited? No, oh. no, he, he didn't. Uh, he, was, uh, he had seen his parents flip in and out of relationship. But uh, eventually he started to see that this was something different with me and I genuinely wanted to be kind. And uh, there, were, there were choices that he made in life that just would not fit with walking with God. And so he, he came to a point of decision, are, are you going to go this way or that way? And uh, opted to, to not be anywhere near me. And I had promised my kids they would not live with a divorce. I did not want that. Uh, and there, there wasn't much choice for me. I was trying to figure that out when my uh, brother-in-law was killed in an in, uh, in industrial accident, uh, left a 30-year-old sister with four little kids. Uh, and the church family that I was a part of at that point because there was a strike at that facility. He was in maintenance. He would have, if he'd been hired in a week earlier, he'd been fine, but he got hired in later. And so all of this horrid stuff was going on. Nobody was safe uh, there at church. So I went to be with my family and they were all at the bar. And so I, I didn't start drinking until I was in my thirties and oh my goodness, you can catch up in a hurry. <laughs> I never knew that was a part of your journey. Oh, uh, hmm. uh, there was one point where I was talking into a banana, apparently. <laughs> somebody had a picture of it, and somebody asked, what in the world is she doing? And my younger brother said, catching up. Hmm. Yeah. Every hmm. time he would buy me a beer, he said that it was contributing to the delinquency of an elder. Wow. <laughs> so just to make sure everybody's following the timeline. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're married. You have kids. Yeah. How many? Three. So you have three kids. And then the marriage, the marriage goes south because because uh, at the point where we lost this family member, his okay. name was Sorry. Bobby. Then we got thrown into the deep end of the whole drinking okay. culture, and I woke up at one point, literally, when I realized that I did not remember anything from last night, hmm. and I thought I got kids to okay. raise. I, I can't live like so this. So both of you had kind of jumped into... Yeah, like, and he, he just never recovered got from it. that. Got it. Sorry. Oh. I was yeah. just trying oh, to no. make sure mm -hmm. we were following the you know, yeah. the timeline of what that was, because it... Yeah. yeah. So everybody can make sure mm -hmm. oh, sure. we yeah. know where we're well, at. And so. when you've lived it, yeah. you, know, you kind of hit the highlights and yeah, you know sure. where the where the in yeah, so you're thirty. Is. So you're 30 years old, you're getting a divorce. Where Again, do you... Are you from around here? I is all this happening around here? Yeah, I grew up in Cherbusco, right on the okay. county line between. Got it. So not that far away. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. you get to the place now. You guys decide to get divorced, and then does the drinking escalate? Yeah. Does well, it... one of the nights that uh, we would take turns, uh, and one of us would drink, and the other one would drive the person home. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, 
goodness, uh, this whole don't throw people under the bus thing is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. uh, he decided that he wanted to try swinging, and that was not trapeze type swinging. Uh, <laughs> wasn't Does good. Does anybody want to explain <laughs> swinging to our audience? No. So, I think they could just Google it if they uh, need to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what's wrong, Jennifer? You don't want to explain swinging on the oh, podcast? Oh, it's it's a level of friendly that's just not in the Bible. I'll just say it that way. Uh, I don't I don't know what swinging is, so no, I'm not going to explain it. Yeah, well, uh, even at that point. So wait a second. Yeah, go ahead. We can't just like. Oh, we just decided to swing. I mean, like, yeah, well, we, she didn't. We say didn't. She did. He, he did. No, I yeah. know. But yeah. so, the, I mean, how does this happen? You're What's just he, sitting down for supper one night. You have a cup of coffee, and your yeah. husband's like, "You know yeah. how to get into the swinging culture." Now, he he came home to tell me that he'd been oh, to so he had tried a, it a place and had so enjoyed it that he signed us both up for the next weekend. <laughs> and I was livid, and at the same time, I thought. I, I believe still, I believe in marriage. And so my, my first instant thought wasn't, you know, get away from me. It was, I said, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why would you walk up to a completely foreign couple yeah. to you and say, let's all get to know each other by having sex together without hesitation? He said, if he had a hot wife, mm. I was his bride a decade ago. And now I'm bait. Mm. Uh, I was trying to come to grips with that, uh, and I'm, try I'm trying not to say a dirty word. Uh, I told him, I said, you're going to treat me like a whore. I'm going to act like one. Okay. There, there's logic for you. Okay. And so when it was my turn next time, I, I was being friendly with people at the bar, and he didn't like it. Oddly enough, mm -hmm. you know, if he's, if he signs mm -hmm. it up, then it's fine. If I do it on my own, then not so much. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I had been, I, I, a week prior, I'd been walking the dog uh, and had a pitcher of margaritas before I went, which is a bad combination. I thought the dog was coming with me, was actually going full tilt the other direction, and so I horribly broke my arm. And so I was in a sling, and uh, when you're injured, everybody will buy you drinks at the bar, which is kind of fun. So I, I had a good time that night, but when I got home, uh, he... He was not happy with me, and so he got it. Because he wasn't at the bar with you. Well, he was with and, oh. and watching, and, oh, uh, and I didn't do anything no, right. horribly yeah. untoward. I just no, was not sure. particularly caring if he was right. having any fun or not. I was uh, in my own world. Uh, he got in the truck and started driving through the streets just crazy, saying that he was going to wrap it around a tree, and I'd never see my kids again. And... Uh, if that's how I was going to behave, I didn't deserve to live and, you know, all of that. And so when he slowed down at a thing, I jumped out and I ran back to the bar hoping to get some help. And because I was so inebriated and because I, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not a calm person. Everybody, he came in behind me, says, oh, no, she's fine. She's fine. Uh, and so mm -hmm. drove me around and. When we got home, I was just trying to get in the house. I think, you know, just, just get me away from him. And he pushed me down on my broken shoulder, and I heard a voice across the street say, enough, just like that. Uh, I talked to the woman who lived over there a few days later. She hadn't had mm. a visitor. She didn't know where that voice came from. Mm. 
but uh, 63 days later, we were divorced uh, because it was, uh, I went to the police station and I filed a report, but I didn't press charges because I told them, let me and my kids go or go to jail. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not give myself five seconds to be alone. Uh, I, I met a person who was so unhealthy and so many red flags and jumped just headlong into mm -hmm. a relationship with him. Uh, we were married for about five years. Uh, I could I could blame him for a lot of awful things that happened while we were together, and I now look back and think only that would have knocked some of the stubbornness out of me that had to go. Mm. <laughs> so mm. uh, so but, the so the swinger guy. Yeah. First, first. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Because he, he was well, the first guy or the yeah, my, second guy? Yeah, that's the first guy. Okay. And yeah, my, so that's all in one period of time. Yeah, that's the first 13 years of marriage. So Got from okay. 18 Sorry, to I did, 30 Yeah, so then into okay. the second relationship, mm -hmm. you know, you get into that right away. And that obviously yeah. is not a good one either. Correct. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. either one of them. So, again, just so people can follow mm -hmm. along. So you, you, you get excited about Christ. Right? Yep. So you give your life to Christ. And then in this period of being, I don't say off the rails, but probably no, not that, on the place where you need to be, were there times where you came back to God and be like, I got to get out of this. This isn't good. I'm in the wrong place. Or was it just, mm -hmm. I'm out for a while and I'm coming back later. Well, I, I kind of felt like God was as impotent to help me as my father ever had been. Huh. I just, he didn't make any sense. He didn't There's fix no things. reason to go back to somebody who can't help me. Yeah, hmm. yeah. But then in, in the midst of the second marriage, uh, our church started uh, Celebrate Recovery. And the only reason I went was to let people know I did not need to be there. I'm fine, thank you. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, terrified the first person that talked to me there. Uh, but I, I had been, I wanted to belong. I didn't like being alone, and, and uh, so I, uh, this was at a church up in Fort Wayne. I went early to church one Sunday morning, and I was sitting in the front just, just trying to stay, everybody leave me alone. Right, you know. so hold on. What Go brought ahead. you back to church? Because it was like, swinger guy, the next guy. Yeah. Yeah, the, and the then next. Then was it like after the next guy? Like, I'm trying to get, yep. so this is what we're trying to help people realize. Okay, sure. It's like. You go through these ups and downs, and then there's these things, right, that bring you back. Like, yeah. what brought you back? Like, what woke you up to say, I need to get back into church? Was it just circumstances of the relationship, yeah. or was it yeah. well, like I had this epiphany at home? Or yeah. In the second relationship, uh, we would go walking in the neighborhood, and there was a couple out front of their house, and they said, well, could you come in for a minute? I said, well, we'll come in, but it won't be just for a minute. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And we befriended them, and they were at that church. And oh, so that's awesome. how we, yeah. uh, those providential relationships. Yeah. Yep. Good for re good for us mm -hmm. to remember. Always yep. inviting people in, take time for conversations, because you yep. never know. You never know where that's yeah. going. Perfect. So I'm yeah. sorry. I just oh, wanted no, to make sure that people could see what brought you back. Yeah. And so you get into Celebrate Recovery, and... Well, uh, while I'm kind of checking out Celebrate Recovery, and still just miffed mm -hmm. that anybody would think I would need help, mm -hmm. uh, I was sitting in the front of the church, and the pastor at the time had a daughter who looks a lot like I did at her age. Hmm. 
And she came in and she sat next to him and he put his arm around her and kissed her on the top of the head. And I mm. could have killed them both. Mm. I was so mad. Mm. Oh, the, the sight of him just... Uh, uh, because that's what you wanted. Well, I don't know. There was just something so disgusting mm. about uh, that mm. sickening display. And nobody was there to see it. Uh, mm. And it was almost like I could feel Jesus put his arm around me and he said, you're sick. Mm. You're sick, honey. Happy people shouldn't make you mad. Mm. Um, the first step in recovery is to admit yeah. that you're powerless and that your life's out of, out of control. And that then I finally got it. Then mm. I, I understood that I needed to be there. Working through the program, uh, there was a, a woman who came in, and every week it's a lesson, uh, one week, and then the next week it's a testimony. And her, in her testimony, she asked us to think of our life metaphor, mm -hmm. what we think God sees when he looks at us. And I'm trying to come up with a good, unique answer so that I can be special. And she says, and I don't want, you know, a good, unique, I mean, just word for word what was in my head, she said. And I thought, yeah. oh, okay, okay. And it hit me. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. I am a garage store, uh, garage sale jigsaw puzzle. Hmm. Picture on the front, kind of halfway ripped off. You're not sure what it is. There are black pieces in the bottom of the mm -hmm. box that don't make any sense to anybody. And no matter how big a mess my life is, I really am more interested in helping you put your pieces together. Mm. <laughs> that was so me. And uh, I, I recognized that there was an intelligence that was so much bigger than me mm. in that moment. Uh, what happens in Celebrate Recovery is after the testimony, you break off into small groups and you sit in a circle and everybody gets three to five uninterrupted minutes. <sighs> it ruined me. It ruined me for regular conversation because you, you could, but it's, uh, it models prayer because you have to talk about in full sentences what you're thinking and feeling and, and nobody's audibly talking back to you. And as we were talking through that whole life metaphor thing, I realized how angry I was at God mm. for letting me be broken mm. and for letting me do it. Mm. You know, so much of the pain that I dealt with up to that point was self-inflicted, but self-inflicted because I came at life with such right. unmet needs and, and hungers. Right. And, um, and part of the anger is like, I didn't have the dad. I didn't have the husband. Yeah, just the, the, yeah, the losses me? or the tragedies of not having what you needed. Yeah. And now you're a, yeah, a victim of that. Yeah. yeah. But then I realized that uh, puzzles, when they're completed, are far more compelling than the picture that they started. And I remember laughing out, out loud at the thing. You're not supposed to respond when, you know, you're supposed to just kind of be a backdrop when, but everybody giggled anyway. But I said, can you imagine the person who first thought up jigsaw puzzles? Hey, let's take a beautiful picture and hack it into a thousand pieces and then we can sell it. <laughs> you know, people must have thought he was nuts. But uh, when I realized that God had a plan and his plan was better then my plan, even when I liked mine, even mm. when I hated his, right. his was better. Uh, I think at any point from that, uh, from the baptism point uh, forward, if if I'd been taken out of this life, I would have been redeemed. Mm. Yeah, he, he paid the price to do that. He was not my Lord until mm. then. Uh, from that point forward, I have not looked back. Mm. Uh, and I, I remember... 
uh, there's a Ray Bolt song called The Anchor Holds. Mm. And I sang it uh, uh, for someone in the congregation. And it, it was profound to me then, but then decades later, uh, I stumbled across it when I was talking to somebody about something else. And I sang it and I thought, oh my goodness, so much more mm. now than, than it was then. But here at Life Church, uh, because of the, the church damage and, and all of the other stuff, I loved him. I loved him. I didn't know how to interact with his people. I'd been such a rule follower uh, as a little kid because I thought there was safety in that. And then I realized there was no safety whatsoever <laughs> in following the rules. But neither was there anything mm -hmm. good from breaking everyone that you could come across. So um, I, I actually found Life Church because I was looking for a gym. Seriously? Yep. Uh, that that's I I didn't know that the church was attached to Champs Academy, uh, and so that's when it started. I uh, had lunch with Jennifer mm -hmm. and just interrogated her. You guys met right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple hour, two to three hour lunch. I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But I I uh, how long I, ago was that? Oh, that was in. Because I feel like you've been here for a long time. Yeah, it was in the summer of twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had to look back in the. Um, things because it was post-COVID hmm, that, that I came in. Uh, but I, I set up a time with you because uh, in looking for a church when I moved here to Huntington, uh, I actually had one that has Baptist in the title, but they had a, gave me a talking to because I clapped along to Victory in Jesus. And I thought, we're just not going to get along. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> fathom why people have... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess if it, if it, there are things that people can do in a church service that would make me uncomfortable. Like? I, oh, like the, some of the liturgical dancing, I just think is so weird. Well, what if it, somebody did it? Because I think it, well, it it's now one that you thing said if that, they, I want to see somebody do it just to see how you react. Yeah. What? Well, well, and, uh, okay. Well, let, let me say this. Kidding. No, no, it's fine. Because uh, this is going to be so circular. I knew it would be even when I put my list together. Uh, the first baptismal service that we had here, I sat in judgment of so many people because they weren't ready and oh, they didn't this sure. and they didn't that. And yeah. well, why won't you counsel them this way? And I would have done this different. Yeah. And then, and then uh, God is so kind to keep working with people who are so argumentative about the way he's doing things. Yeah. Uh, I, I still, I still have my own convictions about what should or shouldn't be sure. kind of thing. I am so less... Mm -hmm. Uh, prone to tell people what they ought to do because that's not nothing that I did was textbook just like you're supposed to do it sure. at all right uh, but I know he knows me yeah I know I know him uh you were talking about uh this this uh past week in the sermon uh you know the things that the only thing that got burned off was their bonds mm -hmm. I I'd heard that before but I I recognized uh and something that people don't know is now I'm in a third marriage and I really thought it was great and it was wonderful for five years. And then uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where that's going, but it, it isn't going well. <laughs> but uh, the bondage, the bonds that have burned off of me have not been a relationship. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been a person. It's the belief that I can only serve God one way. Mm. And that if if this doesn't happen, then everything's ruined. If that happens, then then everything's ruined. And uh, that you might be doing liturgical dancing. 
I probably am not going to do that. <laughs> well, there's there's something about orchestrating something that's supposed to be a move of the spirit that sure. I find unnatural. Yeah, so right. I am sure that there are people who do that absolutely unto God. No, I, and I, and God in his kindness has kept them far, far away from me. Yeah, I just have said, and I, I mean, I want to talk about this on Sunday. One of the things I love yeah. about Life Church is the diversity. Like, mm-hmm. it's diversity of age, it's diversity in the way people worship, mm-hmm. it's diverse in socioeconomical, mm-hmm. you know. And I yeah. love that because I think the biggest problem in the church is they become microcosms of just one culture. Like, yeah. we're the this church or that church, or we're the raise-your-hand worshipers and run around, or we're the, mm-hmm. you know, so, the, so like this week, you know, there were people up at the altar and they're, people not mm-hmm. at the altar and I'm like this to me is what this is heaven right like yeah. this is what heaven's like lots of different people lots of different ways of worshiping yeah but anyway yeah, yeah I always would feel sorry for people who weren't hand raisers yeah. I'm thinking what's the matter with you get right. you know get over mm-hmm. yourself and again God in his kindness uh here at Life Church I was uh I, I could see a couple rows in front of me a woman that mm-hmm. just was if she could have yeah, stood on her tippy toes. She'd have been there, and her husband right beside her with his hand on the small of her back, mm-hmm. just anchoring her. Yeah, and I thought they're both they're both they're doing both exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I have a deep burden for people to get it and yeah. to get out of their own way, kind of thing. And I've I've had to do that a time or two in my life. Uh, one of the let me see if I one of the first things that happened is uh, on Eve Eve a couple years ago, I was in a bad uh, situation. Nothing in my life seemed to be working. And I came to church just to hide from everybody. And uh, Christmas, I'd never done done an Eve Eve service here. And I'm thinking, what is he going to tell me about Christmas Mm -hmm. that I haven't heard 20 times? But, you know, it'll be an hour that people leave me alone. And uh, you talked about Jesus did not come to forgive our sins. And you had my attention. I thought, where's he going with us? <laughs> and you said that he came to redeem us from our sin because forgiven sin still kills things. Oh, I had just lost my mother-in-law at that point and everything I had ever seen of the eight years that I knew her, she didn't, I didn't see anything godly in her. People who had more of a history with her did and I remember I went to my husband and I said, I'm not trying to talk you out of it. Just help me. Right. Give give me something to go on because I I was genuinely concerned for her soul and it was too late to do anything about it. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I had asked her once to pray with me. Uh, we watched the War Room movie together and then mm-hmm. I asked her if she'd meet with me once a week to pray for our family and she got mad. Mm-hmm. And I thought... That that's probably not an offer that should anger you right, <laughs> if right. things are good. Right. Uh, so I had my own reasons for for being concerned, but uh, I I still don't know what. But there there was something about recognizing that sin in anybody's life is going to kill things, but that doesn't mean that God Jesus paid a big enough price that anybody anybody gets in and we all technically get in by the skin of our teeth (laughs) you know we don't we don't offer a lot to that so that that was one of the first things that we did as far as the the actual service but after i met and interrogated jennifer i had i had interrogation yeah it's a good way to it it. it was pretty much like that because i i had gotten 
to know church families and then the leadership decided that I was poisoned and they just didn't want me to come mm -hmm. back. Right. I didn't want that to happen again. I didn't, right. didn't feel like I had that in me. Mm -hmm. So um, after I interrogated her, I signed up to interrogate you and you met with me for lunch and I uh, shared with you the ugliness of the way I'd been asked to leave uh, a church in Fort Wayne that I really cared about. And with equal measures of intensity and tenderness, you looked at me and you said, I'm sorry that happened to you. Mm. I didn't know how much I needed to mm. hear a man say, I'm mm. sorry that happened to you until you did it. Yeah. Um, if, if we wanted to, we could pick a list of 25 things that we don't agree on enough that we could wrangle most me of the day you? over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Trust me. Trust wow. me. We no, probably. But, but, probably. And why would we? Yeah. Why would we? But sure. what, what I came away from that conversation with, and I laid out, here's what I believe. Here, here are the things mm -hmm. that, that seem to bother other people. And you said, those are secondary issues. Yeah. And there, there was just such peace in that, that, is Jesus cool with you? Okay, then I am too. Right. That that was your attitude, and uh, but you were very clear with me. It, it won't be an issue unless you make it one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there was something about the welcoming uh, and protection at this in, in equal measures that that was really appealing to me. When you preached about Jesus being worthy to open the scroll, mm -hmm. I never knew. I, I knew there was some kind of Jewish thing mm -hmm. <laughs> to right. do with that. Mm -hmm. But there was something so profound that God's got a wicked long game. Right. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. He's got so many things that he pieces together. Uh, that was uh, really impactful to me. I really liked that. Uh, the Lamentation Praise Night. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The Night of Worship. So I, good. Oh, I know. I mean, I think, yeah, transformed me. Yeah. No, transformed you. Yeah. I mean, it was oh, just. Oh, I know. And we have another yeah. one coming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty February, quick, February 16th at 7 p.m. Yes. Yep. Another night of worship. And if you've never been at a night of worship, oh, I mean, you do not miss it. There are things that happen there. I mean, not to yeah. say they never happen on a Sunday morning, but what yeah. happens in those nights only happens on those yeah. nights, mm -hmm. I well, think. The thing the thing that drew me back to church was corporate worship because you can't do that on your own. Yeah. You just can't. Right. Uh, and anybody who thinks that, uh, who has the idea that heaven's going to be boring, I don't understand you. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> that, that part of the service is never long enough to suit me, but uh, we get there pretty well uh, when we do the worship nights. Um, uh, because my marriage was slowly deteriorating and falling apart and it had been so good and I really finally felt like oh good I know how this works now mm. um having God develop a family kind of underneath me while that other uh, side fell apart was so important to me um the uh the good Friday service I I came to that not really knowing what to expect uh, kind of thing, but I, I was having one of those days where I was kind of weepy anyway, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll blend right in there. <laughs> no, no one will mind. But then I heard what you were going to do. There's a funeral service for Jesus, mm -hmm. and it sounded so weird, I almost left. Wow. <laughs> Don't ever walk out of any of our services. They're too good. It's oh, so weird. Ever. And I, I, uh, I got spotted by people who knew me, and I thought, oh, no, I can't leave, <laughs> uh, which is a terrible attitude, really. Uh, and 
So I, I was sitting there and the whole idea of having to write down and to approach it in that different light, and it just washed all over me the hundreds, literally hundreds of times that the exact right song has shown up on the radio mm -hmm. or, um, you know, that kind of thing. I thought I'd never thanked him for that. Mm. How many times? Right. How ungrateful, how ungrateful mm. could a person be to... Mm. Um, it's not like he wasn't a person before that, but there was something about that just ripped off a whole layer of callus mm. off my heart. And, um, and I, you can tell I'm still not really past it. Oh, okay, fast forward from that. Uh, in, in the midst of uh, the first, Bible uh, first ladies Bible study that I came to, I came with such trepidation because girls don't like me. <laughs> And men like me wrong. Uh, that's that was my that was my view. And I got through it, and I talked too much, but I had stuff to say. And you know, the book was really exciting. And uh, every time, every night, I go home and think, oh, they don't like me. They don't like me. I talk too much. You know, all this stuff going in my head. And then uh, two dear women who, if either one of them needs a kidney, I'll give them each one. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love these ladies. They invited me to be in the next one. Mm -hmm. Individually, they asked me, would you please be a part of it kind of thing. And oh, I thought, I didn't, wow. I didn't, they like mm -hmm. me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but those ladies have just uh, grown to the level of sisterhood. I've stayed at houses of, uh, mm. uh, the marriage, the marriage that I'm currently in that's on hospice, life support, whatever you want to call it, it's a yeah. mess. Oh, uh, it was falling apart and I ended up having to leave. I, uh, I have a little bit of a feeling now of what it must have been like for God to close the door on the ark mm. and say, it's too late. You know, mm. there are some things that you just don't come back from. Right. Uh, but I was staying at the, the night at one of the, I ended up moving out of the marital home and in with my son up in Fort Wayne. And, uh, because of the timing of it, uh, I, I, it wasn't that I wasn't welcome. It's just they had a bunch of stuff going on at his house that weekend that I would have been a fly in the ointment. I would have right. felt awkward. It wasn't a good time for me right. to be there. So these wonderful friends, I had my choice of places to stay. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I stayed with uh, Jessie the first night she's got uh, two-year-old twins. One of them ran past her to hug me. Uh, that was that felt great. But then I fell asleep on a big cushy couch next to a, a wood uh, wood burning stove kind of thing. It was just so beautiful. Mm. But then the next night I got to stay with Janet Clark. Mm. Uh, that woman gives mm -hmm. Jesus with skin on to me so many times. Yeah. Uh, well, then the next night uh, was the last night that I had to be a refugee, last, <laughs> night, last night vagabond kind of thing. And I was supposed to stay with Jesse again, and I was the kind of tired from moving where I would go to step in the truck and my foot didn't quite mm -hmm. make it. And I thought, it's not safe for mm -hmm. me to be driving. And so uh, the house that I'd been living in was basically empty. Uh, friends here at church with a trailer had helped me load up mm -hmm. stuff and move it to storage. Uh, and it just felt carried that whole mm -hmm. week. But it, it was just at the end time, and I was just going to go back and sleep in that house, just me and Jesus, it was going to be fine. Janet had other plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
she invited me over to her house and had this beautiful meal and just kind of an island of misfit toys kind of party, different mm. people staying there. And we played cards and I won uh, little prizes that one of the guys oh, wow. brought along. All this time uh, in that last couple of weeks, God had me reading a book called Your Sacred Yes by mm. Su Susie Larson. And it just didn't fit me. It's all about, you know, not taking on too much and not filling up your schedule. And I think, you know, we figured that out a while ago, Right. but I've learned to trust his nudge over my reason. And so I was just plugging away through it. Well, that night at Janet's house, we had just been talking about the message Bible and some of the ways that mm. it phrases things that are so beautiful. And, uh, the, uh, Matthew passage about, uh, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah. I just love that. Well, we talked about that at dinner. I go to read that book mm -hmm. at night before I fall asleep, and that's the verse. And I'm thinking, oh, that's cute, God. Mm -hmm. You know, sweet, you know, sweet thing. But then the next morning, I read the second half of that chapter, and uh, it's a a woman named Bostern whose husband was diagnosed with ALS. So her husband was there, but not in the same form right. that that she had expected. And she talked about the ugly cry. Mm. She went down face first and was just sobbing before God. And I remember, it wasn't that many weeks ago that I had that same kind of moment. And I remember I, I just cried till I cry, couldn't cry right. anymore. It's like, it was so wrong. It's so mm. broken. I don't know what to do. And uh, at the end of that crying time, I just, it, I, I knew he was there. I knew he was in charge, but I, I didn't get any kind of message, any kind of word from him. I'm reading this story at Janet's house on that Saturday night, and she said that as she went face down, she could hear the enemy saying, your kids are going to turn from God. Mm -hmm. Your life's ruined. Nothing's going to be right. And I, I remember what it was like to have those nasty right. things whispered into your ear, and she said that she could hear God saying every minute, every minute. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, every minute, what are you talking about? And he said, I have been to every minute you will ever face, and I have left provision for you in every one of them. Hmm. And I, I, I couldn't even get ahead of myself. Uh, uh, that, that was Sunday morning, and then uh, I had people here that I, I wanted to tell that to. I read it again later that night, and the, the phrase, in every one of them, that's not in there. Hmm. I, I know that's what I heard. I know that's right. what I, right. uh, God could have just spoken to me. Right. That night that I was uh, face down by myself, but in his kindness and the way that he works with me, it was the end of a scavenger hunt. <laughs> right. Uh, right. There are so many things where God has just put the right person at the right place at the right time, uh, sometimes to rescue me mm -hmm. from absolute despair and sometimes just to remind me, Right. I got you. It's right. okay. So, uh, you were talking about on Sunday that people don't ask for the test and they, they don't want that. Mm -hmm. I don't go looking for them. I, I don't, uh, what I've been through this last year, I wouldn't wish on right. anybody. Right. But uh, when trouble comes, when trouble comes, I, I don't get flustered right. about it the same way anymore. And that's me at 55. Right. I can't even imagine what, what I'm going to be like when I'm 85. Uh, I was just relating to uh, Janet, sweet, wonderful sister that she is. She came in and sat in early with me before we did the podcast to pray with me. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about uh, 
Susie Larson, again, she knows a, a gentleman who was sent to a missions field to encourage the, the staff there because everybody was really discouraged. And when he stepped off the plane, they said, can you feel it? Can you feel that darkness? Can you feel that oppression? Mm. And he looked at them and he said, I am indwelt by the most high God. When I stepped off the plane, that darkness felt me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when I first heard that, I thought, wouldn't it be great to feel that strong? And now I get it. Right. Now I get it that it's not about being that strong. It's about getting out of the way yeah. and letting him show. Uh, one of the things that the ladies group did a couple years ago is they pick a word mm -hmm. for the year. And I rolled my mm -hmm. eyes, hopefully inwardly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, right. oh, that's so silly. I don't know about that. But I thought, I, I like these ladies. I'll play along. And uh, my word for last year was home. Oh. I had no idea how, what that was. Uh, one home fell apart and one home has made itself. So I, I carry home with me. Right. Uh, I, I can't be homeless right. anymore. Right. Well, uh, this year, uh, I, I didn't have to ask. It just kept showing up uh, in its reflection. Mm. Both looking back, reflecting on yep. what happened, but being a reflection of him, I can do that. Right. I, flawed me can do that. Right. To the extent that I will try to avoid sin, the things that I will try to do to, to honor his presence within me is not so that he'll love me. It's because he does. Right. Because I want to, uh, to be a proper reflection of what he wants to do, not just for me. If he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. Yeah. So let's. Yeah. So we're at the end. Yeah. You know. So let's. Uh, <laughs> Perfect to sum no. That I, up, yeah. Yeah. So let, if you could, because I think if you could mm -hmm. sum up everything that you've talked about is is mm -hmm. that um, you've had a lot of struggles, a lot of trials. Some obviously that, like you said, that part of the world puts on us, right? Mm -hmm. It's what you grow up in. It's the people around you. And some of it's self-inflicted, mm -hmm. right? Like some of those same things. And I think the interesting thing to see is, is that you made a decision and you started to move forward, mm -hmm. right? And I think this is where people get stuck. People get stuck in the, okay, I made a decision. I want to move forward. The trial should go away. But your story, and I think this is important. So in your story you still had trials. So mm -hmm. if you could give advice to the people that are watching or the people that are going to be listening to say, this is what sustained me through the trials. Because you brought up lots of things, community, mm -hmm. um, your own prayer life, your different mm -hmm. people. But if you could say like, these, this was monumental because I think that's what, some people out there today, this is where they are. Okay. They're struggling and they have no idea how to remain faithful in the midst of the trial. So could you give okay. them some advice or help or thoughts? Yeah, I think so. Uh, when I, he I heard of a study that they did, and they were asking people who'd been married 50, 60 years, I'll never get that unless I live to be 120. <laughs> Not going to yeah. make it. But uh, one of the gentlemen who'd been married for 64 years said that love is what you've been through together. Mm. Just that morning, I'd read the scripture that says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow mm -hmm. has enough trouble of its own. And I thought, well, that's encouraging. Right. <laughs> yeah. Until I realized mm -hmm. that what God was saying is every day, anything you go through, I go through it with mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. He isn't a distant father who just lets things happen. Uh, Jesus felt alone on the cross. He wasn't. Right. He wasn't. God was on the cross redeeming the world to himself. 
uh, my advice would be to just let Jesus in to every moment. There mm. isn't anything he doesn't see anyway. Right. There isn't anything you have ever felt or dealt with or will that he hasn't faced already for you. He doesn't just watch me hurt. He hurts with me. Right. Oh, when I was putting together my testimony for Celebrate Recovery, I was drawn to the scripture that said that there was darkness from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Mm. For three hours, all we know about Jesus is that he hung there hurt. Right. He gets it. Right. He gets it. If you ask him, he will do what any it, he's not a genie in a bottle. He isn't right. going to give it to you just the way that you want. Oh, but love will be what you go through together. Right. Don't go through it without him. Yeah, good. If if you don't mm-hmm. see him there, invite him in. He'll show up. Yeah, and I think throughout there, I mean, there's the throughout your story, there's the power of decision. You know, where somebody you were walking by and they invited you in, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, it's just a power of a decision. It wasn't a power. It wasn't like I have an ulterior motive. I'm going to invite them in and I'm going to start It's mm-hmm. one decision. And now we're looking at where you are today. Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. one decision had an impact. It's, it's the power of people willing to be on a journey with people, right? Mm-hmm. So this, your story talks about the people that were that were willing to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna walk in the mess with you, whether it's through small group, whether it's through time in prayer, whether it's time in helping you move or giving the giving you a place to sleep. I think that's the thing that we need to remember is, is that we need to be not just in Bible studies, but we need to be in the mess with people. And I think that's a that's a powerful, you know, testimony to 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 where you are. Yeah. Well, and the, the Bible studies and the, the things that we do are just a way to get to know the people. Sure. Yeah. Uh, on In your message on Sunday, you said, you know, you need to have uh, people who are friends enough to say, your life is garbage. Yeah. Right. You don't start there. <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, you have to know somebody enough to be able to say, I've seen good in you. I've seen yeah. that you want to face forward. And I see this other thing in your life that doesn't seem to fit. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, when you know somebody, you won't value people until you value God in people. Right. And you don't know what he looks like right. in mm-hmm. this person or that person, but it's worth finding out. Yeah. It's worth finding out. Yeah. So again, yeah. we'll continue to be praying for you because like I said, I think that as you've settled some of these things, at least in the short time that I've seen, mm-hmm. as you start to settle some of these things in your life, I mean, I just see God continually using you in amazing ways as mm-hmm. some of that stuff just gets worked through and worked out and mm-hmm. the ability to be able to get it back, give back to other people that are going mm-hmm. through the same thing. So we'll be praying. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. When this goes out, make sure, are you a first or second service or both? Yes. Okay, you come to both. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you see her on Sunday yeah. morning, either one, first or second service, come up yeah. and say hi. She's usually oh, in the second or third row. If in you the need middle. somebody to sit with, I'll be right next yeah, to you. So. Yeah, in the middle there. So make sure you come up and say hi. When this goes out, make sure that you like, share, and comment so that we can make sure it gets on other people's feeds. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great story that a lot of people can learn from, and mm-hmm. you know, we're super thankful yeah. that, that you're here. So thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.